Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make your college unique. This week's show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffner. Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives, and today we are talking with uh, your college history professor, uh, Peter Levy. Uh, Peter, first of all, thank you for joining us. I'm really glad to be here. Let, let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, you and I, you, you said you went to college at, in, in New York City, so why don't, why don't we start there? Uh, well, actually, undergraduate, I'm from California. I went to UC Berkeley. Oh, all right. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite as old as the protest of the <laughs> 60s, but I think that's how I first became interested in, you know, kind of student activism and activism in the country. And and then I went to Columbia for grad school. Okay, so City. so uh, Columbia, and then after that, you did you come here? I had a couple short time jobs, and then came here in 1989. All right, so you've been here long a time. long time. <laughs> <laughs> and your area, what you know, history obviously. Yeah, pretty big. Um, what's your area of expertise? So I teach courses in recent American history, but my real specialty is the civil rights movement and the new left in 1960s. Used to do a little labor history. I don't do as much of that anymore. Why did you pick that area? What made you interested in that? Or what got you interested? So, so I think kind of, I was always interested in activism and student movements, uh, but I thought you know, originally civil rights history was like the good guy's history, you know, we're fighting back against the system. Right. Um, you know, the more I got into it, I, I, I think I got a little away from what might be called kind of this Swedish history where where uh, you're always winning and realize that, uh, in fact, uh, the more things change, the more they uh, stay the same in some ways. Let's veer off a little bit. You look at what's happened, you know, 60s, obviously, the huge civil rights, you know, Civil Rights Act, all that sort of stuff that happened, uh, you know, Martin Luther King, uh, LBJ, all that. But have we progressed? Um, I mean, so I think it's interesting. Uh, we're approaching the 50th anniversary of King's death, uh, 50th anniversary of this massive wave of, of riots that took place after his death. And, I, you know, I think if you look at those riots, you realize they were in a response to, you know, really deep structural problems. And I, if those structural problems are pretty much the same, if not worse, than they were 50 years ago. You know, one, I, 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 we're both about the same age. Maybe you're a little bit older than I am. But the, for me, my memory of that time was it was a horrible time. And, and, but I, yeah, I don't see any progress. Yes, there have been progress. Certainly there are African Americans in this country uh, that are, have, have progressed and, and, and moved forward. We've had, you know, we had an African American president. But, the majority of that that uh, that class, and and now we're adding another class into that. You know, we've got these immigrants, especially uh, uh, Hispanic immigrants, who are going through some of the same problems. Uh, it, it, does that intrigue you? No. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to t to look at why we haven't. Uh, been willing to really combat these problems as, as, as much as we should have. And I think, you know, uh, one of the problems is because we're able to point to black progress and that allows us to ignore, divert attention away from, and it, it's not really just minorities. I think we're seeing it now with the opiate crisis as well. It allows us to think for years was just a racial issue. It was very much a class issue at the same time. Kind of uneven development in America has it, been a, a it, And, and it is, is it realistic for us to think that it can be fixed? 
Well, I think it's different between fixed and made better. I mean, okay. just I think I think there's a you know I think one thing that that's missing is there at least there was a sense of optimism in the 1960s that uh, we could change things, and uh, I think we need to ask ourselves you know what happened to that optimism. I, personally, I think it was you know it, it in some ways it was constructed by people who uh, wanted to benefit themselves from creating a sense of of you can't do anything. We are talking with Pete Levy, who is history professor here at York College. All right, you've got a new book out, uh, A Labor of Love. And yeah. Go ahead. So the book's called The Great Uprising. Um, I'll just explain it. So uh, I had studied uh, the civil rights movement in this very small city in Maryland called Cambridge, Maryland. Okay. And I first got to it because I had heard there was this radical, this guy named H. Rap Brown, who allegedly had oh, yeah. incited a riot there. He had gone to the city and said, uh, this town don't turn around, we should burn it down. Um, I went to investigate that. I ended up writing a history on the whole kind of civil rights movement in the city and found out it had this real backstory. Then I um, uh, got from that invited to be part of a project that looked at riots that took place in Baltimore in 1968, kind of 40 years later they were commemorating it. And then because I live in York and teach, well sorry, I, li- I teach in York, I-, I learned that York had riots in 1969. Riots that really weren't talked about in public at all for about Correct. 30 years. Yes. So I-, I pulled these together and tried to come up with a better understanding of the revolts of the 1960s and the title one suggests we need to think of them collectively that this really was a a, a big uprising and if we look at them individually we don't see the connections um, and I think the main point I make is is actually we often see them as a repudiation of the civil rights movement uh, you know King was nonviolent the the, the, the the these riots were just were violent rather than seeing that the uprising was against the same conditions both were aimed at uh, overcoming racial inequality and King himself in the days before he died was was essentially railing at Americans for saying they cared more about tranquility and order than they did about social justice and social progress um, and, and nor do I think these revolts really kind of uh, kicked off backlash that's the other false narrative the backlash preceded the riots uh, Baltimore was a great case with that where it perceived itself as this kind of moderate uh, city in the in in the Mid Atlantic, and there was progress. It it, it didn't uh, it didn't try to stop desegregation, um, uh, but the fundamental structures of racism persisted. The residents were terribly segregated. From that, that meant schools remained segregated. Uh, if you looked at jobs, yes, blacks worked in the tens of thousands of Bethlehem Steel, but they were all at the lower Low level levels. jobs. And this was, this was 10, 20, 30 years after they had arrived. And in city after city, the criminal justice system really was not an, an, an equal system. That's a persistent system. So that's what I try to explore in my book in different levels in three different cities and try to kind of find some similarities and some differences. What were the... What were the differences? See, Cambridge, Maryland, kind of a rural area, or and Baltimore, and uh, where was the, and York, York, York Pennsylvania, and, and kind of York, maybe kind of in between those two as far as size. What were the what were the takeaway from all three of those? Were there there must have been a lot of similarities. Yeah, I mean, so the similarities are just obvious. They're residentially right. segregated in every city. I mean, it's they're not laws saying blacks have to live, but blacks right. are in certain neighborhoods. There's, uh, I mean, the difference was uh, York and Cambridge uh, had particularly bad relationships with the police. 
Baltimore, ironically, uh, was moving toward what we might call community policing today. Okay. Um, And Reader's Digest had even ranked it as one of the best police forces in the country. And then that just all exploded with the riots. In that sense, there was a movement away toward militarization. Um, the other difference might have to do with memory. I mean, York really did not discuss these riots. L- local Yorkers know they began to when the mayor of the city was arrested 30 years later right. uh, for his involvement, uh, for his alleged involvement in a murder of a, a kind of an innocent black woman during the riots. Uh, some of the other cities uh, remembered him a little better. What about differences? What were the big differences? Um, so more kind of what took place. So our typical riot, we often think of a lot of looting. York had almost no looting at all. It was virtually just a, a, a war between blacks and whites. Um, Cambridge was most famous because allegedly H. Rap Brown had caused this fire. Uh, in fact, the National Guard had left town hours after his speech. A small fire took place, and the police chief uh, refused to let the fire force put it out, just out of pure revenge. They had been at uh, loggerheads with the Civil Rights Movement for about six, seven years, uh, including his own fire company, which had been shut down. I'm sorry, his own pool that the fire company owned, which had been shut down. So really more how they played the, these revolts played themselves out. What, do you see hope? Is that one of the things that when you looked at it, do you see some hope? Is there, you know, we, we've seen this uprising. It's not an uprising, but there's certainly uh, with, with the election of Trump and, and there's, there's a change going on. There seems to be some of that activism that we saw in the 60s and 70s is kind of bubbling back up again. Do you see some hope that maybe we'll, we'll see some equality? I mean, so the good thing of historians, we have a little perspective, you know, so, <laughs> and we often notice it's often, you know, with the cliche, darkest before the storm. Sure. So, you know, if you, if you look at the civil rights movement, no one was guessing that the movement would be about to emerge in the mid-1950s, you know, and, and then it just kind of explodes. And I think we're seeing that already. You know, it's interesting what's going to play out. I mean, I, th- I think the Black Lives Matter movement gave me some hope. Okay. I mean, you know, it's something I didn't, a lot of us, I don't think, don't understand. I mean, totally. We don't, it's, it's, if we're older, we don't know many people in the That's Black That's correct. Side. But it's, it is young blacks coming together, asserting themselves again. Um, and, and, in many ways, I think we romanticize the old older civil rights movement. Think everyone loved Martin Luther King. There was there was no period in the 1960s where the majority of the population had a favorable view of King. Not to mention like sit-iners and freedom riders. And you know now we look back and and and, and think everyone liked them because they were nonviolent. Uh, uh, you know, I, personally, I even see the. Uh, 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 fact that uh, athletes are beginning to protest as hope. Now it's also very divisive. Yes. You know, some people don't like it. I'm not quite sure what protests they, they do favor, though. You know, that's. Uh, yeah, you can't select who, who, what kind of protest you like. Uh, protest is protest. It doesn't matter what. what. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, all right, so uh, the book is out. Uh, has the book been released? So the book has been released. I just got my first advanced copies at my door on uh, Friday. I'm told it's available on Amazon and from the Cambridge University site. You know, it, it might be a little bit of, of a backlog. It's not going to fly off the shelves like Fire and Fury. <laughs> uh, but it's in paperback. It's in Kindle. Uh, so people can, you know, feel free to get it. And, and uh, you know, this is a, this, uh, do you see this as sort of a culmination of, of your work of the last maybe 30, 40 years? Yeah, so I've published a lot of works, but so this kind of bringing them together into a single work and, and extra research as well. Yeah, I've been, in the acknowledgement, I, I actually traced the roots of this to a, a, a book I was in charge of leading a discussion on when I was a first-year grad student, so... 
you know, I didn't know it at the time that this would lead to this. Mm, you know, historians yeah, get yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Pete Levy, uh, your college uh, history professor, thank you very much. The name of the book is called The Great Uprising, Race Riots in Urban America During the 1960s. And as uh, Professor uh, Levy says, you can get it uh, <laughs> at, at your favorite places. Thanks, Pete. Thank you, Jeff. That was fun. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs Mondays and Fridays at 10 a.m. This public affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the executive producer of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for another in-depth look at the York College community.